One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on episode 65. This is a special episode today. Uh, not for any specific reason about the, the, uh, the episode number, but we have a quiz segment planned for segment three, the Halloween quiz segment, and this marks the anniversary of the first time we ever did a, seg- a quiz segment. Our Ooh. first ever one was blue giving me a Halloween quiz, so now I'll be giving him a Halloween quiz. Mm. Um, but that's for segment three. Segment and one, we continued we, our tradition. Oh, oh yes, that. Well, I'm getting to that. Okay. So for, for segment one, we're actually doing a, things a little bit different. Topics this week. Um, it's not really topics. We're actually just kind of doing an extended media segment because we'll just say that the topic is what we've been doing this week. Because what we've been doing this week is consuming a whole lot of yeah. media that Being has been trending. Big old couch potatoes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but yeah, so in segment one, we'll be uh, talking about, well, uh, Squid Game, at least uh, a little bit of it, um, because Blue, I finished it, I finished the entire series in a day. Yeah, um, me and um, Alicia watched like the first episode of it, and we were like, ah, oh, Kaiser, you gotta watch it, come on, and he was like, oh, I've watched half of it. The next day, I was like, Kaiser, we've watched two episodes now, have you finished the first episode yet? He's like, no, I've finished the whole fucking series. <laughs> To be fair, I was planning on watching it before that because Juan had told me about it. And then you and Alicia told me about it. And I was like, okay, this is now when I need to watch it. Yeah. Um, and then I started and just couldn't stop. Just binged. So, Honestly, we talk- if I <laughs> if if I didn't have a girlfriend, I would have watched it all uh, at, at once, once as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of the benefits of Bachelor life. Um, but <laughs> the... so. After that, that'll be, um, we'll talk about how far Blue got in the first segment, along with some other, you know, random things that we've been watching or playing. Uh, but segment two, we're continuing another Halloween tradition. Uh, as with last year, we are going to be watching another, or we watched another Nicolas Cage movie. For some reason, this became a tradition after, uh, Willy's Wonderland. The king of cinema himself. Oh, yeah. The man who's made a billion movies because all his real estate ventures went under. Yeah, so what's the best movie of all, Ghost Rider? <laughs> Oh God. We should have watched Ghost Rider. Honestly, oh my God. people shit on Ghost Rider a lot. I actually quite enjoy Ghost Rider. I enjoyed it too. Like it's not it's not a cinematic it's, masterpiece, but no. it's an enjoyable watch. But it's like Transformers, the new ones. You watch them yeah. because they're fucking badass, not because they're you know. Yeah, we you watch them because there's you know ex- <laughs> the um I I one of again I I reference zero punctuation a lot, but one of the things he um he, he was referencing those movies. And, um, he, like, I can't remember what it was. It's just Transformers 6, even larger stuff breaking. And that pretty much describes the series. It's just... Yeah, it's bigger robots each time. Yeah. Um, so, packed, packed show. Mm. So let's get started with it. Uh, we, sorry, what we did actually watch was, uh, Lord of War. Um, which is my personal, one of my favorite movies of all time. Nicolas Cage is such an inconsistent actor. He either makes absolute dog shit that's fun to watch, or really, really good movies. I mean, um, it's always fun to watch, though. I mean, it's always He's consistent yeah. with that. Yeah. And honestly, some of his most dog shit. I mean, Willy's One Line is the biggest pile of dog shit you will ever see, but it is also amazing. <laughs> no, it was so. I, we're not going to talk about that. We talked about that movie last year. We did. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's let's start. Good game. Squid Game. So tell me, what what was ha- what happened at the end of, or bring me up to what you've seen so far. Okay, so and, big um, old spoilers for I believe the first three, maybe four episodes of Squid Game. Yeah. Uh, so be, first, yeah, beware. 
everything we're going to be talking about spoilers. Yeah. Although most of the things I'm going to be bringing up to, as discussion points are going to be stupid things that most people wouldn't think about. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't if you, you care about Squid Game, don't want it spoiled for you, I do put timestamps in these now, so just skip to segment two or something, because we won't be talking about it then. One thing that we do love doing, myself in particular, is cutting apart these masterpieces of TV uh, with really flawed logic, so, yeah. Um, so, Squid Game. Uh, there's a down-and-out guy, father even, who is uh, no longer married, has been divorced, his kid is... He gets to see him, her, like, once a week? Was it once a month or something? I don't know what the time scale is on that. Yeah, he does. He gets visitation rights. However yeah. frequent it is, it doesn't really matter. It's just every once uh, in a while. He's poor as shit. Um, I don't think he even has a job anymore. He's living with his mother. and He does have a job. They do mention that. He's a, he's a chauffeur. Right. Yes, yes, you're right. Um... And he, he gambles, and then someone steals his money, and he is severely in debt. Um, he's also a bit of a dickhead. This is something that me, Kaiser and I disagree on. Um, well, I think it, we disagree on it because you've only gotten so far in the series. I will say no, that. No, no, no. We disagreed on this before you'd finished the first episode. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm talking about just the first episode. Um... So yeah, he's, he's being threatened by gangs, he signs a waiver of his human rights, which is colossally retarded, pardon my language. And well, specifically, they're, yeah, they he signs a thing that says he'll agree to donate his kidney or something like that in exchange for absolvement of his debts or whatever. Yeah. Um, this thing comes up quite a bit throughout the, uh, the, a theme that comes up quite a bit is, you know, Take more people's organs to pay off debts. Um, I don't know if that's a big thing in North Korea. It's South Korea. Is it South Korea? Is it South Korea? Yeah. You think they would allow gambling and, like, have... North Korea is communist. That The entire uh, thing is set in South Korea. You think a Russian never gambled? Um, uh, not... No. No, it's... Trust me, that if this was set in North Korea, like it would be a very, very, very different movie. Now, this was this was absolutely set in in South Korea. Anyway, so uh, I, I'm going too slowly. He meets up with this businessman. The businessman slaps him in the face about twenty times and then gives him a grand. Um, mm -hmm. And then he says, "Right, here's my business card. If you want to earn more money to play more games like this, call me up." He does so. He gets picked up in a car and gas. He then wakes up in a facility with a number assigned to him. And a whole fucking load of other people. About 500 or more people. 556. 556. Wow, you really fucking remember that shit. Um, and numbers. They, they all follow the, the people with guns in the facility. who are like, come with us. You're going to play a game. And... It's the old, uh, what, what's the time, Mr. Wolf, is what we call it in England. Oh, uh, yeah, and in the U.S. and both, and in South, in the, South Korea, they call it this probably because uh, the U.S. was over there, um, but it, Red Light, Green Light is the game. Oh, really? I didn't know, I'm surprised it's the same, it, it is in America, though. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, it's probably because of the Korean War, because we fought to, like, we fought the Chinese to you know, keep South Korea from being conquered by the communists, so that's probably why 
they call it the same thing as we do in the U.S. See, back when I was a kid, I think it was, I could be getting the, the name wrong with a different game. I thought it was What's the Time, Mr. Wolf. Um, but I used to be the biggest fucking scammer at that game. The kids in my year, they did not understand that I was standing in front of a reflective fucking surface. <laughs> So I could fucking see when they were moving. <laughs> That's how you get them. Anyway, there's this big robot at the far end of a pitch. And when it turns around, if it sees someone moving, that person is eliminated. And in this case, that literally means a sniper rifle. It was a su suppressed snipers, right? Yep. Yep. Um, which are way up high on the wall, just fucking nailed the guy. If you're moving. And, yeah, and there's a certain time limit, and if you don't get across the line within the time limit, you also get shot. Pretty mm. fucking obvious after the first bullet goes off. Yeah. What surprises me is that about half the people did not move. I think a lot more than half the fucking people would move when they suddenly realize that they all are getting shot. Well, I, I think it depends. So, you've got... I think it makes sense that a good chunk of the people panicked and ran away. That that made perfect sense to me. But in my mind, the people who weren't moving, it was one of two reasons. Either they yeah. fucking froze because people are getting shot around them and they yeah. were panicked so they didn't move because people have both of those reactions. Or a few of them realized, oh shit, the moment you move, you get shot. And they managed to keep their head long enough to freeze. So... Yeah, I think they, they kept more people alive than maybe would have realistically been kept alive because of that. Mm. Um, because they needed players to keep the show going. But I, I still think it was a reasonable amount of people to get... I think About in the show... Thirds. Yeah, yeah. well, I think by the end, it was like 201 people were left after that first game. Or yeah, it was, exactly or two, like it was exactly 201 because the last guy, that comes oh. up later. Yeah, that's a big plot point. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so... Not... Okay, go on. Do you want to introduce the characters real fucking quick? Oh yeah, talk about some of the so some of the people who are are there who are part who become like uh, mainstays of the show or not. Um, are the main character? He's number four, five, six, which is why I remember there were four hundred fifty six people. He's the last one. Oh, of course, yeah. There's also number one, which is this old senile dude who you know very quickly makes friends with four, five, six because. You know, um, they, they have a little bit of banter before they play the first game. Um, you've got the, the pickpocket chick, the one who stole the money from him in the beginning. Um, yeah. The, um, the, uh, the gangster guy, you know, the, the, uh, I don't know what the equivalent of the Yakuza is in South Korea, but essentially, like, their equivalent of the Mafia. Yeah. Um... So then See, there's his else? friend who... Oh, yeah, his his old childhood friend, like, growing up, who yeah. got out and went to a business school. But it turns out he did some shady shit in Wall Street, and now he's lost a ton of cash. And then the best motherfucker in the whole series. I'm curious who you're going to name this person. Indian dude. Oh, Ali, yeah. He's a fucking boss-ass bitch. Yeah, it's, he, early on, I think in that first game, he saves the main character's life, because the main character nearly falls over, and Ollie fucking one hand grabs him and is holding him up, and keeps him still, so that they don't die. A fucking unit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I, I certainly couldn't hold that weight, especially when I, still. 
I love the way the old guy reacts in that first episode, though. Like when everyone He's else like, is like, oh, everyone else is like, everyone else is like panicked because people got shot and like um, everyone else is frozen and like just again with fear they're not moving at all now that mm. they've seen people get shot um then he's just like oh i remember this game and he just like he's kind of senile he's he just hops it. he fucking hops ahead and then stops when she uh, turns around he is probably my second favorite character but i have a very strong feeling that he's actually involved somehow and he's actually an evil douchebag but <laughs> i mean he's he's a dementia guy with a brain tumor so i mean you can't be too mad at him yeah, I mean that that was my impression of him um, in the first episode was that he was just like he's at the end of his life. It's like oh, some excitement! I'm getting to do things. And... Yep. So after that game, they all yeah. retreat back to their bunks and they're like, uh, "Okay, you're allowed to stop playing the game if you get a majority vote of people wanting to quit." And... Yeah, they all signed a contract specifically at the beginning that said that. Yeah. And they're like, okay, but first we're going to show you the money. Uh, for every person that dies, you get 100,000 yen or whatever the fuck it is. One. One. Yeah. Um, and so, like, a lot of them want the money because they're all horribly in debt and it's just as bad outside when you're in debt mm -hmm. as, it is, as it is doing these horrible games. Yeah. And it comes down to a 100-100 split and the last person to vote is the old dude. And everyone's like, oh my god, he's not got long to live. He loved the games. He's going to fucking keep mm. people playing, otherwise the series is going to end. But no, he votes to go back to, to normal life. Yep. And so he was the final vote. It was That's why the 201 thing was so important. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they all go back to normal life for a bit. They find out that normal life is shit. And so yeah. they go back to the game of their own free will. Uh, or at least a lot of them do. Uh, including all the main characters that we discussed. Yeah, I think... I think they only lose, like, 27 people, so it's, like, in the, the 180s when they go back. The Indian um, fucking dude mangles his old boss's hand. I was... So, I that, always... That cr oh, my God. That sent shivers down my spine when I saw that. I when hate I, that kind of mutilation shit. When I, or when Kaiser or when Alicia, like, watch any videos together, we always mute ourselves, right? Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, when we were watching that I forgot to mute myself and it got to that and it, it happens very quickly mm. and I was just, I just shouted oh fuck the bed <laughs> yeah it's oh. <laughs> and then I was like hang on a second I'm not muted up <laughs> so, to, for reference the scene we're talking about um, like everyone goes back to their lives and finds things shit like the main character finds out his mom has like terminal diabetes and she's yeah. been hiding it and they don't have money for her to go to the hospital because he had to cancel their insurance and everything like that that's his motive um, to go back yeah, yeah his, the, the best friend he's like 6 billion won in debt which he for reference anyway for for reference, the con the conversion rate six billion won is somewhere in the neighborhood of five point five million dollars, so it's a factor of a thousand. So six billion is more like five million or five and a half million or six million, and he, just divide it by a thousand is pretty much the way to do. It. So a hundred thousand, hundred thousand won is like a thousand bucks, just for for reference for when people watch this. Um, An Indian dude. Sorry. Well, hold on, hold on. He's wicked in debt, and he's he's put his mother's house up for mortgage to, to cover the debt, and so she's gonna lose her home. He's gonna be arrested, and he's you know his life's his life's ruined. 
um, Indian dude. He is uh, an immigrant, and his boss hasn't been paying him for months of work, and he's got a young kid and a wife. And um, so he gets into a conflict with his boss, like, come on, pay me, pay me, I need this to feed my family. And they're in a machine shop, and the boss trips, and his hand goes into a mill and crushes his fingers. Um, the dude gets, like, some money from him first. <laughs> well, he does get the money, yeah, and he gives it to yeah. his wife before Which uh, before is a really fucking back. cool thing. Another reason why I fucking love that yeah. dude. He sent his wife uh, and child out. Pickpocket chick, uh, you find out that she's a North Korean defector uh, who managed to make it over the border, mm. but her dad was shot making it over the border, and her mother got shipped back, so only her and her brother came through. I don't think we knew that at this point. And I don't no, think you I do. No, you do. You, you. That's in the same. It's all in the okay. same episode. Maybe it's I just all didn't care enough about her story because, frankly, it's empathetic. Yeah. Well, also, you for some reason thought this was in North Korea. That's a big plot point <laughs> that she was coming down from the north. It's Korea. And so, oh god. Um, so they um, like there's this kind of shady guy who says that he can get her mother over the border, but he needs more money and more money, and so. She threatens him not to screw her, and then, uh, you know, goes off. Uh, so that's her motivation for going back. So they all have reasons that they want to go back into the game. Um, you know, and basically that their their life outside is so desperate that they're willing to risk their lives going back in to make it to the end. Oh, the fuck? Okay, right. And then the gangster. All right. He gets oh, yeah, set yeah, up that's by right. his fucking, his, his, his underlings, right? And they, uh, yeah. they're like, oh, you fucked up this casino up north, and now... They're here to collect you. South. They're fucked, motherfucker. Fuck yeah, off. he... Singapore. <laughs> well, North is North Korea. They don't have casinos in North Korea. <laughs> That's why I said, fuck off. We've already gone past this. Um, like, it you was can't a, tell left a... and right, alright? How do I know you can tell North and South? Um, it's, I can do that, ironically. Because North and South and East and West don't change. Left anyway, and right the do. dude's in the car with the gangster, and he's like, you're fucked. And he jumps out of the car, and the gangster's like, nope. <laughs> Pulls out a knife stabbing the shit out of his underling and then fucking running jumps off of a bridge to escape the casino. He has the best line when this happens though and I loved this because the, the guys coming for him they're all from like a, this is why it's relevant it, that the casino was you know in Singapore or in in the Philippines or something it was it was down in the, the South China Sea um, was none of them spoke Korean like these gangsters coming after him and they were they were like all different ethnic makeups and they were speaking English that they were coming after him and he, in, in broken English, just looks at them and covered in blood after he's just killed this guy and goes, Welcome to Korea! And then he runs and jumps off the bridge. It's such a fucking badass scene. Like, this guy, this guy's a douche throughout... Are what? you watching it in the English dub? No, I'm not. Oh, okay, I'm watching sure. it in the Korean dub. I was gonna say, I was like... Hey, <laughs> but he surprised. says it in English. Okay. He says it in English in the Korean dub, yeah. and it's just—it's hilarious when he does it. Um, I love that scene. Um, the guy is a horrible person, but he—he oh, yeah, he had a very badass moment there. Um, anyway, speeding on, they all get back to the facility. Except I'm not going to bother mentioning the inspector. Do oh, I suppose I should? Because it's kind of important. Um, so there's I, an inspector, and he follows the main character incognito mode. Uh, he. When they're all loaded onto the ship to take them to the island, uh, the inspector basically steals one of the... He does a uh, hitman, an Agent 47, yeah. if you will. Yeah, he, he doesn't just steal a, like a costume and a mask for one of the organizers. He straight up murders that dude and oh, yeah. then takes his... Like, that guy, like... In a really first of all, fucking awkward scene where it looks like someone's having sex in a van and no one else in the all other vans... Because there's fucking tons of them right next to him. 
Yep. No one notices that there's this big fucking fight happening. Anyway. He l- legit murders that. That guy, like, I it was like, okay, this is a corrupt cop. That was when I I started thinking that, like, okay, this guy's corrupt because he followed him. Okay, you're doing some investigating. But he straight up fucking murders that guy. He doesn't even know there's criminal activity happening yet. Yep. And, um, yeah, so he gets into disguise. He t- tips the body overboard. And they get back to the main the main island base. Um, the second game is why I was no before that um, during the night two of the women um, go to the toilet and they one of them manages to get into a vent and looks down and sees uh, a kitchen where they're making molasses yeah um, melting sugar exactly and where did your mind go when you saw that I thought it was drugs when I found out it was sugar, my mind did not go to anything so simple as what it was. My mind went to, there's going to be a floor of molasses. It's going to look like plastic, or like something you could stand on. Oh, like a quicksand kind of boiling thing. Boiling hot sugar. See, one thing I knew going into this... was up in my mind. <laughs> one, one thing I knew going into this was it was all going to be children's games, and there's no children's games where you run across boiling molasses. Yeah, there is. It's like... What? Floor is lava. No, <laughs> god damn it. They can't have actual but, fucking lava. But it's not actual lava. Like, it wouldn't actually be boiling hot, because they, they'd have to shoot the... No, because, like, alright, have you... You know how much... How much... Hot sugar fucking burns, right? I that don't. take your skin... You don't? Oh my god, it's... I don't eat sugar. The tiniest bit of it on you will fucking sting. I'm not saying it wouldn't be painful and it wouldn't maybe kill someone. What oh, I am saying sure. is that's not a fucking children's game. I, like, I stand by if, the floor as lava is perfectly applicable for it. The way this show would, if they did the floor as lava on this show, what would happen is when the person fell off something and hit the normal dirt, they would just get shot. Well, yeah, that's, they, that's the thing. I didn't realize it was going to be so fucking vanilla, right? I, my, in my mind... I was thinking, okay, how are they going to step this up from just yeah. sniper rifles? I, I do actually want to commend this show because they didn't go down the saw route of, like, gory torture porn. It was like... Oh, yeah, if some, I, I appreciated it. In a long if way, somebody but... loses the game, they, they just straight up get shot. Well, or if they still survive after that, they get fed into a furnace alive. Yeah, that, that's a little fucked up. They do show them cremating the bodies and one's still kind of moving in the box. and they. Uh, yeah, so... But... Go on. No, there's there's something um, about that later, but go on. Okay, I was going to move on to the um, the game. Do it. So, there's a game which I've never heard of, and it took me a very long time to work out what they were actually fucking doing, but they get a honeycomb disc with a shape printed into it, and depending on which shape they chose, they have to cut out that shape in some way so that the, the, the shape in the middle is completely intact. And... It ranges from very simple triangle, and then a circle, and then a star, star, and then an umbrella, which is the hardest. And the friend of the main character is a douche monkey. And he knew that this was coming, and yet he let the other people on his team take all the more difficult shapes. And he took the yeah. easiest. So he's dead th- to me. So, so one thing that happened, yeah, very early on, this guy... See, the thing is, after the game, though, he it, it's clear that he feels guilty about it. 
because you you can see him struggling with it in his head because he's like he's still fucking he's trying, did it. <laughs> I know, I know, but but you can see him struggling with it. Like when his friend chooses the umbrella, he figures like, okay, only one person is going to probably get eliminated because they'll choose the umbrella. I'm choosing the easy one, and then the other people can try the others. But you can see when his friend chooses the umbrella, he's like, oh shit, and he wants to tell him, but he it's he's too far in. I know you. I know you are an unforgiving asshole, but I'm saying. I'm sorry. That, that he could have said, "Look, guys, we're working as a team. Everyone go triangle." That's all he had to do. He could have, but at that point, he had already committed to going like this far. So this is this is my thing with this guy. He's he doesn't. He's not a bad person, but he's some. No, I don't think he's a bad person. I think, but. Like, he's gone so far into his, like... I don't think he's a bad person. I think he's he's committed. He's somebody who is, like, so far into this that, like, he know Like, he's willing to go as far as he can to, like, protect his family. Like, because he... Know, like, he's one of those smart people that's kind of figured out... He, like, he's kind of concluded that there's only going to be maybe at most a handful of winners. And... That money is like, you know, and people are going to be doing crazy things to kill each other. So it's in his best interest to do everything he can to get every advantage he can to win. It's a fucked up thing to do, but he has not, he has understandable motivations. At least I that's would, my opinion. If he had done that in like the second to last game, then I could understand it in that point of view. But at the moment, he has a core team of people that actually don't want to dick him over. And so it's in his best interest to keep them alive and everyone else dead. Um, I just think he's a greedy motherfucker who can die in hell. Anyway. I do not agree that his motivation was based on greed. At the all. The poison of choice today. The uh, R8 revolver. What are your thoughts on that? At least that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, it was a revolver. Very high caliber. Very close combat. And uh, firing right down at, like an a slanted angle at the floor where ricochets very possible <laughs> not with a sand floor was it sand i wasn't, i didn't yeah know if it was like actually yeah it was it was either like packed dirt or sand either way the slug would have embedded in the ground okay um but yeah very much a loud uh, a big big fucking bullet well, with a loud noise i think that was that was, was the yeah, that was the other hazard. Is the like you flinch and oh, you break your cookie and now you get shot too. Because that's the fucking moment I would have broken. Is the first shot going off would have but pissed myself. <laughs> so there, there's a few other plot points in this too. You see a few other people kind of conspiring because um, the uh, this this one like awful woman who is one of the most annoying people in the entire uh, series. Uh, it's clear that she she actually when she came back smuggled. Uh, cigarettes in. Oh, in God, her yeah, that was a bit fucking weird, wasn't it? Well, like, of all the um, things you could fucking smuggle in, you fucking idiot. Well, it turned out to be very helpful because she smuggled in a lighter. And she used that to heat up her needle and cheat in this game so she could cut through the cookie instead of, um, instead of just poking it like everyone else was. Um, and so then she drops the lighter to the gangster dude and to try and ingratiate herself to him, so she's trying to make inroads and allies there. Why didn't the... I mean, I guess because she had the fucking easy cookie anyway, but the other girl could have just fucking got a knife and gone... Boop, boop, beep, 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 beep. She had a fucking knife with her. She could have, yeah, that, but 
That makes sense. She didn't. She didn't need it. And also, why reveal that she has a knife? Uh, like uh, people know that she. Well, some people know that she has a knife already. Uh, not at this point. Yeah, the woman does. Okay, the woman does. Yeah, but but the organizers don't. Like the only reason she didn't, like the the cheater woman didn't get shot in the head was she was hiding under the slide with the lighter and like being very careful about when she heated the needle. Yeah, so knife was about the, the same size, a little bit bigger. Yeah, but the, that woman was out in the open. Like she, again, it's I don't think it's. You don't want to reveal that she has a weapon if she can do it easily with the... Because the knife isn't going to be much easier than using the needle, if if I'm honest. Um, anyway, at the very last second, the... Um, which, at this point, this has happened twice in a row now. The main character, at the very last second, succeeds. He managed... He chose the umbrella, mm. and he, he comes up with a brilliant idea to, to lick the cookie so that the sugar melts and it's easier to pop the umbrella out. I mean, honestly, he could have just probably... Yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so at the end, a guy grabs one of the squares. Okay, so the, mm. the tier system, by the way, is sort of as the, the contestants at the bottom, then the circle people who are part of the staff, but they do the oh, yeah. shit tier jobs and they don't get any guns. And Yeah, when I'm, we're talking about. Sorry, when we're talking about the circle people, we should clarify. I don't think we've said this yet. The staff all are wearing costumes. They're all wearing pink suits and yeah. then black masks. And the black masks either have a circle, a triangle, or a square. Yeah, much like in the game Squid Game, where there are circles, triangles, and square. Um, and, yes, yeah, so the circles are the lowest tier. They don't get guns, and they're basically prisoners. I'm pretty sure they're the... Um, they are the people who are in debt that chose the red card at the beginning with the slappy dude as opposed to the blue card. Oh, that never even occurred to me. Uh, and then there's... I don't, I'm don't. i not sure what the difference is between the triangles and the squares, but I just know that the squares are higher up than the triangles. They. You haven't gotten to this yet, but it's not much of a spoiler. The triangles are the soldiers. They're the people who get guns. They're, they're like one step above the circles. The okay. squares are the managers. They're the ones who admit, like, are in charge of the triangles and the circles. Anyway, someone steals one of the squares' guns and holds it to his head, forces him to take his mask off, and then the guy with the gun shoots himself, hmm. and then the top, top honcho above the squares comes in and shoots the square guy for revealing his face. Yeah. The, guy, the main guy is called uh, Frontman, and he has a mask that looks like some kind of a low-polygon face from the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, but also, the reason the guy shoots himself, and this is, is worth noting, um, is when the square takes his mask off and reveals who he is, he's just a kid. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, late teens, early 20-something, and he's, like, and this guy just... He's not. He's like you're just a kid, and he like he just doesn't. Well, he doesn't want to shoot him. He knows he's gonna die, so he goes out on his own, pops his own head. Yeah, and that's um, pretty much I think where we're up to at the moment. Right. Well, I don't want to. So we, we're already at the end of the segment. I'm I'm glad we got here because I think there was a lot to talk about in this series. I, yeah. I can't wait to talk about more. Um, but a few things. Um, like one thing I really, really liked about this series, especially in these early episodes, and I didn't expect them to for everyone to vote to go back. I thought the old man was going to vote to keep him there. Um, but I thought that that was a really, really good like plot device that they took the time 
basically an entire half an episode to send everyone home and then really show how completely desperate they were and the kind of lengths that would push people to come back to a game like this where they could die at any second. Yeah. Like, the the pacing of this series is absolutely phenomenal. They they take their time and they do things right, and the character development's amazing. Uh, Yeah, and so that's that's where we're up to. Uh, I think there's... I guess there's three... Because there's five games total, isn't there? They tell tell you that at the beginning. Um, So I've got three... Yeah. You I had your confused phase on. <laughs> I, I think there's more than five, but... Okay. Uh, well, I know they come back to the second series because it was so well-received, even though they didn't plan to do one. Are, um, wait, are they? Yeah. Are, is there another one? Of course they fucking oh. are. How popular it is. Damn it. Well, it's okay. not... It yeah, just... they've only just... Released the yeah, yeah, yeah. I just... Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that there's going to be another series. Uh, well, I shall have to find that out for myself. And we will see. But yeah, no, but but thoughts. Those those were my those were my. I just that, I was I was prompting you when I was because uh, like that's I really liked the character development. Is I wanted to. Um, regarding that, I like the fact that they did it, but I don't like the fact they used the old man because I don't think the old man would have chosen that. The like I felt like it was um, pushed in that direction to drive the narrative, and it was a good narrative. But I don't like the fact that the man suddenly had a change of heart when he was fucking loving that shit. Mm. Yeah, I do like the, the the character development scene with the the old man and the, the dude like drinking in the rain. Um, I thought mm, the they they, yeah. they they go they go along uh, sochu, but they go a long way to um, sake is Japanese, sochu is Korean. Sorry. <laughs> um, there's they they do go along with the character development. All right, I won't I won't hammer that point anymore. Alright, uh, we didn't actually get to any of the other bonus topics we had to talk about for this, so I guess we're just moving right along to um, Lord of War in Segment 2, and maybe if we have time we'll talk about them then. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be the end of Segment 1 of the Team CJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for Segment 2. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We're on segment two, our media segment, and this week we watched a, uh, well, continuing the Halloween tradition, we watched a Nicolas Cage movie. Um, this year it was, well, I mean, it was my choice, and so we watched one of my favorite, it's actually one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Lord of War. Um, this one came out when I was in high school, um, and in it, Nicolas Cage plays a, uh, you know, a illegal arms dealer, a gun runner. Uh, so, Maybe. I'm trying to figure out where I should start with the movie. Yeah, so he plays. What was his name in the movie? Maybe I can't remember his name. I just in my mind it's just Nicolas Cage. I think his last name was Orlov. Doesn't matter. Um, so he plays a immigrant from Ukraine, um, who him and his family kind of ran away from the Soviet Union to the U.S. You know, opened a little restaurant. His you know, dad pretended to be Jewish to get out of the country, and um, they opened a little restaurant in Brooklyn, in an area called Little Odessa, for all the you know the Russian immigrants there. Um, when he's you know in his his younger years, he witnesses like a you know a gang hit going on at a restaurant, and 
he uh that the line um actually you know what i know where i should have started and before I'll, I'll get back to that point but i really want to start with the uh the opening line from the movie um you know the camera pans up and you see nicholas cage on a street that's full of a ridiculous amount of you know shell casings from bullets and um he takes a drag and a cigarette and just goes there are over 550 firearms in worldwide circulation that's one firearm for every 12 uh, for every 12 people on the planet and he's like the only question is how do we arm the other 11 and i just i, lo I love that line because it, it really it sets up the movie perfectly anyway so he goes into this restaurant witnesses the gang hit and um he he, he says like uh i think the line is you go into the restaurant business because everyone is going to have to eat it was that day that I learned, or that I found that my uh, my calling was fulfilling another basic human need, and that that voiceover is him while he's staring at a bullet that he, you know, was on the floor after that that gang hit. Um, so he starts to get some, you know, some submachine guns from some contacts uh, in Israel through his his daughter or his dad, um, who knows some guy at the the synagogue he goes to. He sells them to some gangsters, makes some money. He brings his brother in, and they start, you know, doing stuff together, um, you know, making gun sales. And then eventually, they get big enough that they want to go and talk. They go to, like, a an arms show in Germany, which at that time was split in half, uh, West Germany and East Germany. And uh, tries he tries to get in contact with this big, big-name arms seller uh, named Simeon Weiss. And that guy basically tells him, you're... you're you're too much of an amateur. Fuck off, kid. Um, but eventually they do grow, get bigger and bigger, and they start selling, like, old uh, arms that are left behind by the U.S. Um, from when they were in different, you know, conflict zones around the world. Um, you know, they, they, they make money, and then it's just kind of a montage of him making more and more and more money. Um, and, you know, the different places around the world, the different people he's selling to. And... Um, I think the the word or the way he described it was, um, you know, I was an equal opportunity merchant of death. Um, he was like, I, I made fascist, I sold fascist made bullets to communists. I sold, um, you know, Islam or I, I sold um, Israeli made submachine guns to Muslims. I did, you know, they, basically just pointing out that like he didn't pick sides, didn't care who he was selling to. It was just like if they were going to buy him, he was going to sell them to him. He'd find a way to get them to him, and he had. There's all these different montages of him finding ways around different laws, like bribing people to get through checkpoints and stuff. Like, he's uh, he's going through, like, a Chinese or some Southeast Asian country checkpoint, and um, he, uh, he, like, you know, he's he's just like, oh, I'm, I'm going, um, you know, I'm, I'm going in for some target practice, for some hunting. And the, the guard is like, it's like, there's over 10,000 bullets here. And he's like, oh, I'm just a little trigger happy. And the guy goes, trigger happy, and he looks at the papers, and underneath the paperwork is, like, a stack of $100 bills. And he's like, oh, he smiles and just waves the trucks through. Um, so that's all kind of, a like, the, the establishing montage of how he, you know, builds up his his career. And then they introduce the, the main antagonist, if you can really call it that, for this movie, uh, to the show, which is this Interpol agent named Jack Valentine. Um, they're on a boat, you know sailing and they've they've got a bunch of crates probably full of weapons um and they're coming up on him on a boat 
and he gets a tip off that they're coming to check out the boat. Um, and so he's like, oh shit. And he, so he comes up with a plan to quickly change the name of the boat. And so like the co- boat was called the Kono. He sends some guy over the back and he's like painting over the name and they have like a bunch of extra flags and they, they switch it out really quickly so that it matches the new name. Um, and then by the time the, the guy gets there, the, um, the Interpol agent gets there, the name's changed, and he's like, oh, it's not the right boat. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go on for an inspection anyway. And um, Nick Cage is talking about how he has, like, a uh, you know, different, couple different ways. This is all in his, like, there's a voiceover of Nicolas Cage narrating this whole movie throughout the entire thing, too. Um, talking about how he had methods for discouraging a search. And this one in particular, they open the crates, and it's just a whole bunch of, like, old rotten potatoes inside and it smells horrendous and so no one's going to go in there um and eventually they get he he has like somebody give them a false tip that they see the the ship in a different part of the ocean different excuse me different part of the ocean so they 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 run off um i think it's at this point where things start to go south with him and his brother uh because his um like his they they go down to some south american place selling to a drug dealer or some kind of drug warlord there and um columbia it, it would make sense because the the drug dealer decides he's going to pay them in cocaine instead of in um in money and um and uh he says, like, you know, I, what am I going to do with this? Or, ¿qué es esto? And the, um, the drug dealer tells him, oh, it's pure cocaine. You know, there's been seizures at the border. You're going to make tons of money with this. And he's like, I can't deposit this in my bank. And um, there's a bit of a conflict. And the drug dealer ends up shooting um, Nick Cage through the side. Um, and he, But Nick Cage, like, he manages to, like, stay standing up, you know, stop his brother from shooting the drug dealer, and just goes, Tato hecho, tato hecho, we have a deal. Um, and then they, um, so they take the cocaine. As they're driving away, and Nick Cage is still bleeding, they're like, oh, his brother's like, oh, what do we do now? And he's like, we celebrate. And so they, they do lines of cocaine in the car. And this is where things start to go a little bit wrong, because... Um, Nick Cage is getting ready to, like, store the cocaine to ship back to sell, and his brother's disappeared with an entire kilo. And, uh, he finds him, like, coked out of his mind in some, like, rundown shack with, like, two unconscious prostitutes, and a giant cocaine outline in the shape of Ukraine that his brother was about to snort. And, um, he manages to stop him, get him home, checks him into an expensive rehab center... And that's the end of the partnership with his brother because you know he can't bring him with him anymore. So now he's a solo operation. Um, and I think it's at this point that we introduce Nick Cage's love interest in the the movie. Um, throughout the early part of the movie and a good chunk of the middle of it, he's been kind of talking about how there was this also immigrant to, from from Russia or her family was who you know, beautiful, won some kind of pageant and has gone on to do a career in modeling and uh, everything like that. And so everywhere he goes throughout the world, she's on like a billboard advertising something or another. And um, so he, to try and, you know, 
seduce her, he he books her on a fake photo shoot, buys out the entire hotel they were going to, so it's just him and her, flirts with her ridiculously, has a private plane that he bribed the crew on to like put his name on it, so it looks like it's his plane. Um, and fast forward, they end up getting married, and they have this big fancy wedding, and it's he's talking about how like. You know, again, in the narration, not to anyone in particular, how he's put himself deeply in debt to pretend that he's as big a and as rich a man as she thinks he is. Um, and then he gets what the, I think the word was he gets all his Christmases at once um, when the Cold War ends and the Soviet Union breaks apart. And he goes over to visit an old relative back there who um, had, like, who. Uh, was part of like he was a big soviet military commander in ukraine and he just starts like buying up all the extra like kalashnikovs the ak-47s the uh the tanks the helicopter gunships and just starts selling them off basically and um just like taking advantage of the chaos where the um you know if the the general says i have forty thousand rifles it's like oh that's not a four that's a one and so i need to order more from the factory and so thirty thousand rifles just disappear and then he can sell them um that goes on for a while and i think it was at this point that they introduce um andrew uh and andre baptiste jr the president of liberia who um if you know anything about that country's history was just it was an absolute shit show from the inception but he was essentially just a brutal dictator um and he's one of you know his customers who's never met him but he goes to meet him um and there's this amazing scene and this really establishes nick cage's character in the the movie um or really solidifies it in my mind because you know the guy's examining the the different guns and nick cage is talking about like you know all the different things they have and off in the background you see one of the the soldiers that's in the room kind of flirting with a wor- a girl who's in the room and uh clearly the president doesn't like this he thinks it's you know disrespectful so he loads the pistol and shoots the soldier right there and nick cage goes why'd you do that and um he then turns the gun on him and goes what did you say like he's nick cage are you, like are you questioning me are you saying i don't have the right to shoot this guy and then he <laughs> nick cage snatches the gun away from me he's like what now it's a used gun how am i supposed to sell a used gun and he starts cleaning it off like obsessively and the, the the president just starts laughing he's like oh used gun i think you and i could do business and then they they, they have like a little laugh together their rapport starts there um uh, we're kind of at the midpoint of the movie I, i've no been talking non-stop do you yeah. do you want to say anything at this point or do you want to wait till i finish the synopsis and then we we discuss okay um, well, the rest of the movie moves pretty quickly at this point. So Nick Cage becomes very wealthy. That arms dealer who snubbed him at the German uh, arms uh, show, um, the Berlin arms show, he um, he now yep. is like offering to work with uh, Yuri, and Yuri tells him to fuck off. Oh, Yuri, Yuri Olaf, that was his name, uh, Nicholas Cage. Um, he tells him to fuck off, and they kind of now have a rivalry. Um, oh. And then after the deal for a while goes on with his uncle, um, his uncle, uh, unfortunately, is the victim of a car bombing because of that other arms dealer. Because he, you know, 
he's repeatedly been refused by Yuri's uncle. Um, so he gets killed, and now it's, again, just Nick Cage again. Um, Nick Cage, like, ends up owning, like, a bunch of, like, a fleet of planes. He's flying in shipments everywhere all, all throughout this time. That guy, uh, the Interpol agent, is constantly on his ass trying to catch him. Um, eventually, the thing that does him in is the Interpol agent um, gets to his wife and tells her, like, what he's been doing. And his wife just can't can't deal with it. She's, you know, she watches the news. She sees, like, the, the kids with the guns and everything like that. And she just, you know, she won't have it. And so he, for a while, he tries to go legitimate. He, you know, does all this other stuff, and it's not making nearly the same amount of money. And clearly, what he misses is the thrill and the the excitement of you know doing this this whole thing. Um, but he decides he's going to try to do it for his for his wife, um, until the president of Liberia shows up and um, is uh, you know he's he's he needs some guns and he goes to his house while he's at peace talks at the United Nations to buy more guns. And so he hands him, like, a massive diamond and is like, come on, we're compelled to be un unusually generous. And um, he recruits his brother back into it, who has been a shambles ever since the cocaine incident. Um, but they agree to go. They fly back there. And um, they start to do a gun deal. And his brother sees that they're going to use the guns to commit a massacre um, and decides he's going to try and stop it. And, um, he throws a grenade and blows up half the guns, and then, as a result, gets gunned down. The president of Liberia's son was there, and he gets blown up. Um, and so, like, it's a total shit show. But the, the warlord who's doing, doing the business with is just, like, like, he literally just sits down with Nick Cage, who's, you know, still all shaken up from his brother's death, and he just puts, like, a machete down and divides the diamonds he was going to pay him in half. He's like, only half the guns are gone, so half the diamond he's still entitled to half the payment. Um, he goes back, they find a bullet in his dead brother's body, and that's what brings him in. And while he was gone, his wife found his stash of, you know, documents and weapons and stuff that was in New York. And um, the Interpol people had followed her, and so he had been, like, stitched up, and so they're like, oh... But Nicolas Cage isn't concerned at all. Like his, but his life is in complete shambles, so he doesn't give a fuck. Um, but he also reveals to the Interpol agent, he's like, "I'm not going to go to jail. Like they need me. I supply the enemy of your enemy." Um, and so he ends up just like he says, getting let out. And then he goes back, and he's back to doing what he's doing, and he goes back to another montage of him smuggling guns into random areas. Yeah, I mean, he uh, gets disowned by his family. His uh, wife that's the whole and movie. Child leave him, and. Uh, so. He's responsible for his brother's death in some way. Yeah, I, I'm curious about um, like what your thoughts are on the whole political message of the the thing. Like, I, I'm curious, where would have you stood on that whole incident at the um, end there with his brother and I mean, him, Nicholas like Cage would have this kind of thing was happening anyway, so it would have been it wouldn't have come to that point. Like, really. I what I mean is like, um, 
Like, his brother was clearly an idealist. And so, like, I think, personally, I think Nicolas Cage was yeah. right there. Like, the, the massacre was going to happen. There was nothing they could could have done I mean, to stop Nicolas it once Cage they were didn't there. make his decision there. Like, it's not like they would have let him walk it, away like, with the guns. Um, when he started making that deal. So. Yeah, exactly. When he decided to... Like, he made his mistake when he decided to accept the offer and make the delivery and take the diamond from the president. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure if it was that he doesn't think the lives are valid, because he very clearly cared about his wife, he very clearly cared about his kid, but... (laughs) Exactly. Like his, like his, what he mm. says to his brother at the end there, I think was, um, it's like, it's what we always know. We can't stop them from doing it. And he, he says it kind of in the, the closing montage, uh, uh, monologue there. It's like, of course, his, his brother Vitali was right. Like the massacre played out exactly like he thought. I mean, but like then the a dozen other massacres played out in Africa that were day. were vegetarian and today and. That's true. You didn't like people killing like, animals. It's the same thing. Like you can't really do anything about it because they're still going to happen. It's just conscientious objection. This is something that, yeah, on an on a more like, um, I guess, philosophical point, I. This is one thing that, like, really annoys me about, like, activists that have, like, you know, their own life is in a shambles, but they're always going out to, like, protest, like, save the earth, save the this, save the that. It's like, my my own personal philosophy is, like, you, you take care of yourself first. You make sure your own life is in order. Then, if you still have time left in the day, you take care of your friends and your family. Then you start thinking about your community. Then you start thinking about your country. Then you start thinking about the world. But... I think that that's how dare you're not going to fix the whole world all at once, and certainly him blowing up that yeah. transport full of guns. <laughs> Wait, is that, was that your Greta Thunberg impression? Um, yeah, I mean, there's something. Oh my god! I'm just going to refer to it now because we're not going to be able. We're not going to talk about it later. But yeah, because it's it's not one of the most significant things. But um, of the TV series that I started watching this week, in fact, I started watching it last night, and I'm. Already no, we're not. Um, and I'm about four or five episodes in. Anyway, are there's we, one that's are about... We, we're done with Lord of War? Um, so it's... <laughs> okay. It's tangential, but I'm only going to talk about one of the episodes, and I'm going to... It's it's LinkedIn. So it's all about... It's it's a comedy about a... Um, the guy that comes in to clean okay. up after a crime scene, right? So there's like blood and guts everywhere. He is the visceral clean-up detail. And... Every episode, he, there's um, a new fucking nutcase that he talks to who's yeah. either lives there in the same building or is related to someone in, in the building that died or is the neighbor or something. And in one of the episodes, he talks to this next-door neighbor who is a disabled mm-hmm. um, and a vegan. And they ham up the fact that he's like, accidentally making all these references to having legs. Okay. And, um... But, but it gets around to the vegan thing, and it's just, he's like, wait, 
You broke up with your boyfriend because he was having, and I quote, one day a week he was having a meat orgy where he would go to a carvery and just eat just fuck tons of meat. Uh, and she was like, yeah, it's no better than, you know, it, are you happy to go to an old folks home and eat them because they're senile and they don't understand, like, it's, 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 you would fucking hate that episode in particular. I I found it very cringy. It was a lot of um, comparing animals' lives to human lives, um, and maybe that's why this kind of this comparison was in my head today. But yeah, it, it's um, I, don't, I I will always put mm. human lives above animal lives. But not everyone what's, will. Well, yeah. It, the, what's the... There's a... Um, I can't remember what philosopher said this. Um, but... And it, it's a fairly modern one, if I remember right. But it, it, it's a funny statement, but it's it's something that I feel like a lot of people that think that way, the vegan way, need to, to hear. It's not wrong for a human to have a human-centric view of the world. We're humans. We should care about humans first. It's like, because we are them. It, it's perfectly natural for you to care about Don't humans more than animals. I have pets. I love animals. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I would I'd probably save my mother over the dog. Like, it, And I, I think the dog would agree. <laughs> um, but it's just, yeah. And I think that that there is a lot of a lot of that in the movie. He he definitely justifies the fact that you know there, there's that whole scene about him talking about car dealers and um, stuff like that. It's like you know you know cigarette salesmen, um, car salesmen. Yeah, they leave their work at their cars. office. And both their products kill more people than mine. At least mine has a safety switch or something like that. Um, the cigarettes. It's it's kind sense. of yeah. I mean, it's a it's a weak comparison, but I think it's there to show that he's trying um, to. But yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, there was something else I was just thinking about. Um, one of the other scenes in the movie that just like really stuck out to me. Oh, it was the scene where his wife is trying to convince him to give everything up, and she thinks it's about the money, and she's like, "Oh, you know, we, you know, we have enough. We don't need more. You know, don't don't worry about that." Um, and he's like, "It's not that. It's like I'm I'm good at it." And I think that, and she clearly looks a little bit confused by it, but I think that that's like a real motivation for a lot of people Job that do these sorts of things. They find like. It's like a, it's almost like a career. It's like, oh, I'm... yeah, exactly. It's the satisfaction of you're you're doing a job and you're doing it well, even if that so job is. That, I mean, you know, you're not talking about the time selling when you guns up. to third world dictators. I think. Oh yeah, God, that was hilarious. So, um, there's a scene in the movie where he like. Um, where that other gunrunner, Simeon Weiss, gets killed. Uh, specifically, he gets captured by the, the dictator of Liberia, uh, Andre, and he brings him to Nick Cage's hotel room, and they kill him together, as it were. Um, and it traumatizes Nick Cage, because you know, he's never killed anyone before, and so he ends up doing like cocaine and drinking a lot of vodka in like a local bar, 
and he's wandering around in this this haze, um, you know, playing soccer with random kids like he sees a girl that only has one arm like a, a random prostitute bangs him and then at the end he's at the at, at this alleyway and these two guys you know big burly guys with AKs come walking by and the one guy's pointing a gun at him and the other guy's like oh he's don't 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 touch him he's Andre's so like fuck Andre and he like he points a gun at him and pulls the trigger and it, it clicks like there's it jams or something Nick Cage is like oh I'm sorry they don't they don't normally do that here let me let me take a look at it and he and he's like he leans his head forward so the guy can like get a better shot at him and he clicks and it gets stuck again and Nick Cage goes like oh it's probably the magazine here let, let me take a look at it I can fix it and the, like he he's about to get shot in the face and his only concern is like oh you know I could probably figure out what's wrong with the gun yeah, I mean, there's two other ways that you could see it either you could see that he was trying I mean he's to get also the gun coked up his mind but it's unlikely or that. Um, he actually kind of wanted to die at that point. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that. Hmm. Yeah. Like his, his, it kind of shows that at that point, like his life had become kind of empty, and really the only thing that gave him meaning I mean, was he's, he's a great salesperson. So I mean, you could just change to a different. Yeah. But still within the same. Yeah. Yeah, overall marketing. A different career, yeah. And he did. Like, for... What... Yeah. That, that's what he did, actually. If, uh, during the, the, the time when he went legitimate, he was... Yeah. Uh, I think the line All was, the thank God there are works. still legal ways to exploit developing countries. Like, so... Yep. I did one of my favorite parts of that movie is all the clever ways he like yeah, gets I mean, out that's of stuff. That's why Catch Me If You like, Can is so he, good. Like the excuses he gives, the way he bribes people, the way he gets around the Interpol people. That's true. Yeah, the, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch a con man work if you're not the one being conned. But the, um, yeah, I mean, I think in both of those instances, I think the reason Catch Me If You Can and this movie are so much in fun to watch is the kind the of victimless victim. crimes. But much like in Going Postal, there is always many yeah. victims to something like this. There is a victim. Yeah, exactly. It's it yeah. seems like like it. Perception-wise, it's a victimless crime. Because in Catch Me If You Can, he's like, "Oh, I'm going after the banks," but the banks have employees that probably got fired. People might have lost their savings. Yeah, the the companies that he was cashing checks from, they might have gotten taken. You know, and this one, yeah, obviously you don't see anything. It's like, oh, he's he's getting around the law, and it's like it's like okay, that's that's kind of cool to watch. But at the end of the day, yeah. like a bunch of poor people, he's just giving these war-torn nations Based the ability to ones. keep killing each other. Yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, man, I love that movie. Definitely worth a watch. Um, very entertaining. Um, one last thing to talk about before we close out on the segment, because we've got the quiz one coming up, is um, what did you think of the, the plane yeah, scene? Yeah, pretty good. Um, where he has to land on the road. There's not much to talk about it, really. He has, but does the, it was, the fire sale, Visually, basically. it was fun to see, and uh, you can believe that it would happen. 
Yeah, it was just fun to watch. So the the scene is he he's getting followed by an Interpol jet and has to do an emergency landing in the plane. They have a giant cargo plane. And he has to get rid of all the evidence quickly. So a bunch of random people on the road, he just like un opens the back of the plane. It's like, hey, free sample! And starts giving away AKs and grenades and RPGs and stuff. It's just, it's funny. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Watch. All right. I won't belabor this too much longer. Do you uh, want to move on to the quiz segment then? The meat of today's episode. The Halloween-y bit of this Halloween episode. Um, all right. This is going to be the end of segment two of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the Team CJ podcast. We're on segment three, our wild card segment, which this week is our Halloween quiz, the one year anniversary of our very first quiz segment, which was also a Halloween quiz. Um, just like, well, the opposite of last year, I will be this time giving Blue the quiz, and I don't think I repeated any questions from last year's, but I may have touched on some very similar things. So I tried... A lot to live up to, for the tradition. I, I tried to keep these, like, there, there, there are a good chunk of um, historical ones, but... I tried to keep them, like, they're, they're ones that even if you don't know the history, you can probably guess. There are a few really difficult ones. I tried to keep the, the balances, like, mostly medium, some easy ones, some hard ones. We'll see how you do. Are you ready? Okay. Always. Okay. So, question number one. Uh, what is Halloween about in Latin American tradition or Mexican tradition? Uh, are we talking about Dia de los Muertos? That's what it's called. You actually got the bonus before I even read it. Um, but, okay. but what's it about? Uh, it's all about um, the your your passed on family. Remembering your passed on family members, so they can come back and spend a little time with the world living. Boom! Two points right off the bat. And guitars. It's not about guitars. It's about guitars. <laughs> all right, you got. You got the bonus question. Yes, is Dia de, Dia de los Muertos? Um, Dead. And um, that was the bonus. That, that was the Fandango. That was the bonus ask right bef before I even ask it. Bam. All right. What is the tradition? Sorry. What is the traditional Christian holiday after Halloween? There's a, there's a religious holiday that comes after Halloween, the day after. Uh, actually, yeah. Uh, do you know what it is called? There's two answers I'll accept to this. Is that one where you have the oranges and you stick a bunch of, uh, like, I, I don't, cocktail sticks in it with sweets on them? I, I do not know this tradition if it exists. I'm just asking for the name of the day. All's Halloween? I don't fucking know. You're very close. <laughs> Do you want to give it another try? I'll give you another, like, yet 30 seconds. Uh, 
Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, you're off by a month. Um, <laughs> so it's either All Saints Day or All Hallows Day. All Hallows Eve is what Halloween is called. And now you've <laughs> like, and I, I'm not going to give that to you. you. Actually, you actually get a point and lose a point on that because the very next question is, what is the alternative Christian name for Halloween? And it is All Hallows Eve. You got the well, next. Then I got the correct answer. <laughs> no, you got the correct answer for the next question. You got the wrong answer for the question I asked. It's the alternate name for the same thing. So no, it's, it's not. The same thing. No, it's a. Oh, so you're saying that Christmas Eve is the same thing as Christmas Day? You just said it's the is the, the the alternate name for it. You just said. Right? Yeah. So, what is the traditional Christian holiday after after Halloween? Either All right. Saints Day or All Hallows Day. What okay. is the alternate Christian name for Halloween? Is the third question oh, for Halloween? Sorry. And that yes, is okay. All Hallows Eve. So I'm I'm gonna give you. You get a point, and I get a point. But we just did two questions at once there. That was... I probably shouldn't have put those right next to each other. <laughs> um, okay. Halloween. One bitch. The tradition of Halloween originated in what... Uh, Island. What? Island. No, wait. I was about to ask what culture, but you're you're. Uh, I'll accept that. But do you know do you know what the culture like? What people? I mean, the, the you don't uh, want me to say the Irish, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I want you to say the Celtic. Okay. But you're right. Ireland, Celtic, same same sort of thing. All right, you get that one right. God, you're. I made these first few questions too easy. Don't worry. Remember, I had to research this shit last year. <laughs> I'm surprised you remember all of it. <laughs> I do have a notoriously bad memory. Alright. So. Did Halloween... Oh, no, no, that's that's that was an alternate question. I'm not going to read that one. I had this one as if, if the first one uh, didn't work out. Alright. What did the first trick-or-treaters receive? When trick-or-treating became a thing, which was uh, originally in America. That's when the first... Nope, the first trick-or-treaters... Like, I'm not saying when it was called trick-or-treating, but the first time this tradition of going around to people's houses and receiving something and dressing up for Halloween. Yeah, Okay, was it wasn't America. America. No, it wasn't. It was. No, it wasn't. There's a drunk history video out there. They're wrong. They're flat out wrong. I'm talking about the History Channel now. The, the History Channel has ancient aliens and ice road truckers. Histor Drunk history can't be wrong. <laughs> They're wrong. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so sorry, what was the question? The question is, um, what did the first trick-or-treaters receive? And I'm not talking... Maybe it wasn't called trick-or-treating, but it was the tradition of going around to people's houses... I'm going to say candied apples. Uh, the answer is soul cakes. And it was... Bonus question is how long ago to the nearest hundred years did this start? Oof. Well, I mean, considering... Uh, I already know that you're wrong about this. You're... I'm sorry, they're wrong. <laughs> Look this up. Uh, to the nearest hundred years, you say? Yeah. 
Okay, so it won't be within the next, within the last like two hundred years, probably. Uh, God, he's doing that weird thing where he strokes his beard again, which I do as well. <laughs> um, it means that he's feeling smug. I beat the History Channel. Of course, I'm feeling smug. You didn't beat the History Channel. <laughs> um, uh, let's say. Eighteen fifty three. Nope. Thousand AD. It was it was in the in the ninth century. The old Celtic traditions of um like you know, Halloween and the whole so <laughs> the old Celtic traditions of Halloween intermingled with Christian traditions. And um yeah, people would go around to wealthy people's houses. And they would receive soul cakes. Hmm. <laughs> we could, you know what? Let's let's look it up right now. I want to. I'm I'm looking this up. All right. Da 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 da. No, I'm not looking for a recipe for soul cakes. It's giving me a bunch of. It's giving me a bunch of history things. Uh, history things. Hmm? That sounds like the correct thing. Sorry, I meant cooking things. <laughs> For those on the. Uh... Spotify listening to this this long awkward silence is because <laughs> Geyser's looking oh and realizing he's wrong. This history channel article actually says it goes back further than I said. They're saying 43 AD in the Roman Empire. Here it is. Yeah, this is on the history channel, the people you quoted by the is ninth history on the history channel? I have no idea. Well, I don't know either. By the ni- you're, on the, you're the one that said they were by the ninth century a thousand AD. All Souls Day was celebrated similar to Samhain, with big bonfires and devils. And where is this? Comedy Central. Okay, yeah. So I, I'm I'm gonna take uh, History Channel over Comedy Central. Oh, really? The people you were just like, oh, they like aliens. And, oh, they're so full of bullshit. But now, oh, I'm going to take the history channel they're because still... they, they only sorry. tell the gospel truth. All right, are, you, are you telling me that Comedy Central is more historically... I'll, I'll take, even after Ice Road Trekkers, even after Ancient Aliens, they're going to be more historically accurate than Comedy Central. They go and talk to, the, like, historians in that field. That's that's the point of the channel. Yeah, and then they get them There's wasted. There's no bullshit between. <laughs> they get them fucking wasted. Yeah. But these people have spent their whole lives doing it. Getting like, wasted? Yeah, I imagine. Forget. If, they, if they're off gonna... by a thousand years, they probably did get to spend their whole life getting wasted. Should we move to the next question? Yes. Um. <laughs> what countries started the tradition of dressing up for Halloween? Germany. No. 
dressing up for Halloween. Yep. Countries, you said, right? Yeah, there's there's multiple answers I'll accept. Germany is not one of them. I was thinking of Christmas. So. Uh, does Ireland count? Yes, it does. Damn. That's one of them. I would have accepted America. Ireland or Scotland. Um, because at the time that this started, Scotland was a country. Yeah. But yes, you get that one. Did you know there's an Angela Merkel teddy bear out there right now? Who would ever want that? I don't know, but it makes sheep noises when you tilt it up. <laughs> God damn it. I timed that perfectly. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, alright. Uh, in Trick or Treat, what were the tricks originally? Uh, it wasn't throwing eggs at people's houses. No, no it was not. It was much yeah. more wholesome than that. I'll give you more that. Wholesome hint. than that. Uh, more wholesome than that. Let's say they would. I don't know. Dance around their house in demon masks or something. No. Well, that's not very wholesome, I guess. Uh, Thirty seconds. Know, shit on their lawn. No. Are you giving up? Yeah. Okay. Uh, children, before they receive their treats, would be asked to either recite a poem, a song, or tell a joke. That's it. Wait, that's not a trick. That's the kid getting... It's... I'm calling bullshit on so many of these questions. This, this is what it was. It was. It was originally a Christian thing. So you would go to somebody's house, and to receive the the cake, you would, you know, either recite a poem, or it could be a Bible verse. You'd sing a song, or just tell a joke, and then you would get the the treat. Where's the trick in there? You're you're performing a trick. You're singing a song. You're telling a joke. Oh, you're... that kind of trick. Yeah, then it's not it's not like tricks and hoes. It's like the... tricks and hoes. Oh, what the fuck, are you on about? Do you not know that? Bitches no. ain't shit, but tricks and hoes. It's a song. Rap song? Mm. Okay, whatever. Still, drink. That was you. That was me. Need to. Maybe some of these questions will start making sense. <laughs> you got some of the ones I was expecting you not to, and you're struggling with some of these. Um, so, going back to the soul cakes thing, when this, when the tradition of trick or treating started, um, what? Did the people going around who received these these cakes, these treats, um, promise or what, what? What did they promise to do in exchange for the cake? Not the the trick. Like they they do the trick, they receive the cake. What were they supposed to do? Wasn't that? This is a very one sided bargain right here. So the guy does the trick for you. He then gets paid with the treat, and now the guy is expected to do more things. It's a... Is that what you're telling me? Yes. This is bullshit. Yeah, I'm not... I'm, we're not here to judge history. We're just... uh, they will ward off evil spirits from attacking their family for the rest of the year. Close. Um, they won't shit on their walls. No, 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 close. But think, <laughs> think, think, more, think more Christian. Um, <sighs> um, they'll pray for them. Boom. Got it. They will pray for the souls of their dead. 
the dead Christians, people and their family. Kind of one trick ponies. Yeah, so basically like from what I was from what I was reading, they um like the tradition started like with um like poor drinking. Poorer families. Yeah. Would go around, the kids would go around, they'd they'd get these cakes and they'd go to the, the homes of wealthier families who would bake these things and they in exchange would pray for the 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 departed of the family, the the wealthier family. It was yeah, mm. anyway. And again, it was a weird this this happened all throughout Europe where Christian Christian traditions kind of intermingled and mixed with local pagan traditions. Uh, anyway, switching gears away from the history bit of it. Uh, what candy or brand of candy is the most popular in the U.S. for Halloween? Why well, I don't even know what candy is in the U.S. Uh, I'll, I'll let's ex- go with I'll, those peanut butter cups. You got it. You didn't even need the hint. Reese's peanut butter cups. Bam. Bonus points. I was going to say Reese's pieces next. Bonus point. Uh, if you can say name, there are six states where it is the most popular candy for Halloween. Um, if you can name one of them, I'll give you a bonus point. Alabama. No. The acceptable Texas. answers. Nope, you already answered. That's not it either. Missouri. <laughs> nope, that's three wrong answers. I'm not accepting any of them. Uh, it would be California, Florida, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Wyoming. Okay, why the fuck would I know any of that? It's just a wild guess. There's 50 states. You might have gotten it. There's six of them. Yeah. Yeah. You had a in better... 50. You had a better than one in ten chance if you just guessed blindly. Oh, better than one in ten. Thank you, sir. It's a bonus point. You don't lose anything. Fair enough. I didn't know it was a bonus point. I said it was a bonus point. I don't listen to you half the time. (laughs) Idiot. Alright. Well, then have this. (laughs) Oh, wait. What is this? Oh. You know, we're going to skip that one. (laughs) No. Alright, fine. Name five of the top ten candies that are uh, popular in the U.S. for Halloween. Um, Reese's? That's one of them, yep. Okay. Oh, I'm not allowed to name any other Reese's part brands? No, no. Reese's only occupies okay. one slot. Uh, rockets? Those aren't... I don't even know if those are over here. What are Rockets? If you get the type of candy, I'll... I'll I can... See, I was told about them by Mass the other day, because we were talking about Smarties, and you don't have Smarties in America, you apparently have Rockets. And they're gross. We have Smarties. Apparently. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe Canada maybe Canada has rockets and we have we have Smarties. Huh. Maybe we got that wrong around. Yeah. Uh, I take it Smarties in all that. No, they're not. Yeah, it was kind of just it was in my head. Um, ah, chocolate Lindor. Uh, Lynch twats. No, no, the, the, that that stuff wouldn't be popular here. Because that's just really? yeah, it's just with posh people. Like so, th- okay. this is I mean, like you know, think think like broad chocolate. Yeah, think about the broad appeal. <sighs> I don't know. You don't even have Cadbury's over there. No, you do have Cadbury's, but it's a different kind of Cadbury's. No, it's yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, people in America, you don't see them eating much chocolate. No, but chocolate does occupy four places on this list. Oh, okay, more, so actually. It's a... Yeah, it's it's a few brands. Uh, I'm assuming Hubba Bubba isn't a thing over there. I've never even heard of that. This this is why I was going to skip this one. I think it's an unfair question because these. I'm what I'm noticing is that there's a huge difference in the brands of candy between the two um, 
the two locations. So, tell me one. Tell it. I will absolutely fairly tell you if there's one that you list when you list them. If there's one that I know, then I will penalize myself. Okay. Here's the list. Okay. Number one, Reese's cups. Yep. Number two, Skittles. Number three, fuck M and M's. Number Wait, four, Skittles. M and M's. M and M's. Come on, Smarties. Come on. What? Are, I don't know what Smarties are. Smarties like, are basically M and M's, but without a peanut in the middle of them. M&Ms They're are... just little discs of chocolate. Well, that's what M and M's are. Okay, I'll give yeah. you that one. That's fine. Okay, but M and M's is a different brand. That's still o- that, that's still only two. Um, also, Skittles. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. I didn't realize you had that over there. <laughs> yeah. Taste the rainbow. Uh, Have you seen the adverts for that shit? Oh yeah, great. Like, um, the, the desk. It's like yes, that that was exactly sad. the one I was thinking of. The one where the guy, yeah. he, everything he touches turns into skittles, and he's like, "I I shook the hand of a man on the bus today, and now he'll never see his children." That was a really dark <laughs> commercial. The Midas touch. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. going up the list: M and M's, Starburst, okay. hot tamales. Starburst. What? What? Hot, what? Hot, t- hot tamales. They're like a spicy no, candy. No. Yeah, they're right. they're not. I wouldn't expect you to know that one. Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Um, Hershey's Kisses. Oh, I should have got that one. Hershey's. That is an American one that I knew. Yeah. All uh, the rest were British ones, so I didn't really guess them. Yeah. Uh, Snickers. Um, Tootsie Pops Fuck. and Candy Corn. Wasn't Snickers part of Cadbury's? Uh, they probably are. They they might be owned by the same company, but it's a specific oh. brand, Snickers. And what was the last one? Uh, Candy Corn. Oh... I've heard of them, and I've seen them, but... It's basically yeah, just a that's an odd, okay, piece yeah, of sugar looked like corn. I fucking love Skittles. Mm. I actually, I mean, the of this list, the only things... So, I don't really like sweet things, so... I usually go for, like, the really... my The kind of chocolate that I'll eat is, like, the really, really dark, like, the... The really, really bitter kind of chocolate. Hmm. Anyway. The thing is, I can't even say I'm going to go over there and, like, try some of your sweets, because I know that they're all shit compared to the ones that we've already got. So, well, I actually, it's on your head, dog. It, it, uh, believe me, I'm, I'm with you. I don't like sweet candy. I like, I, I actually, I did try eating candy when I was in Switzerland, and I liked it, because it was actually tasty. Switzerland, known for their chocolate. Yeah. Anyway, and so. The cheese. They do have good cheese there, too. Hey, Switzerland, Swiss cheese. Switzerland had really good food. I like I think they got good alcohol as well, haven't they? Um, I had I had a couple Swiss beers when I was over there. It was it was good. It wasn't anything to write home about, but I liked it. Hmm. It was like it was like a German style beer. It was like a mm, kind of a light yeah, lager. Because yeah. they're close to Germany, and Germany fucking loves beer. Well, yeah, and where I where I was staying in Switzerland, it was right over the border, uh, from Germany. Yeah. Right. Question number eleven. What is the primary ingredient of chocolate? In which country? <laughs> no, no, in just in general. You cannot oh, have uh, chocolate without this ingredient. There's no cocoa in white chocolate. Is there not? There's no cocoa. In it. No. That's why you get percentages. Uh, the dark chocolate has higher cocoa percentage. Mm. And less sugar. And vice versa, white chocolate has, like, no cocoa in it. Yeah. And just fucking tons of sugar. But yeah, you're right. It is, it's cacao pods. So you, mm. um, you take them, you, uh, you cook them somehow, and that, that takes out the active ingredient. So you got that one correct. 
I've played my civilization. <laughs> that's oh, I was wondering like that. You got that one quick, but yeah. No, I knew about it way before civilization. There. Um, related to that, how in in what form was chocolate originally consumed? What do you mean? Like, how did you? Well, you guess you guess say like a powder. Well, how did you would like? How would you ingest would, it in your body and the, the culture it came from? Uh, yeah, I'd say they mix it into their drinks or something. Uh, I'll accept that they they it was melted. It was like you would have it as a, in a liquid form. Okay. They would drink chocolate. My next guess was going to be they rubbed it into their gums. <laughs> no, they would they would they would liquidize it and they would drink it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So here's here's a bit of a tough one. Uh. What Mesoamerican god was associated with chocolate? I know this. It is one of the more it's, well-known ones, so you, you might know. The city know is Tenochtitlan. And the god is? It's the Mayans. Santezuma? No. Something, Montezuma. Montezuma was the king of the Aztecs, and Tenochtitlan was the, the capital city of the Aztecs. The Mayans were further south. But you're, you're, you're naming things that are... These are the people that worship this god. But you're not quite getting the god. He's real fucking colorful. It was. A lot of their gods were, actually. Very, you know, rainbow-colored, bright floral. Yeah. Feathers and stuff, yeah. You're 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 beating around the bush and getting close to it. Got um. It's like Texotl or something, or is that another city that I'm thinking of? Texotl is another city, but it does sound like you're you're getting the the sound right. Um, fifteen seconds. Axolotl. <laughs> you're actually getting so close. All right, give up. Uh, Five. Do I get half a point? Two, one, zero. No, because you were just naming cities. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the god's name is Quetzalcoatl. Oh, fuck. Axolotl, come on, man. <laughs> you were, you were, again, you were getting, you are beating around the bush, but here's, here's your chance to, to come back. Your, or your chance to, uh, there's a follow-up question, a follow-up piece of that question, but, uh, you know. Drink. Um... The god Quetzalcoatl was um, banished by the other oh, gods. Was banished Sorry. by the other gods. Why was he banished? <laughs> think about the think about the question I just asked. I'll give you a hint that it was very. He did something similar to what the god Prometheus did in the Greek pantheon. He brought fire to the people? He brought... Uh, think about, light? Think about what this quiz is about. Warmth? He brought Halloween to the people. <laughs> I can't believe... You're gonna kick yourself if you can't get this. You get uh, 20 he, seconds. He brought, I don't know, ability to commune with spirits? No. Uh, he brought... <laughs> I asked these two questions back to back just 
for this exact reason. You brought chocolate to the people. Boom! That's five, fucking stupid. Why would left. you get? Why would you get outlawed for bringing chocolate to the people? Because it was the drink of the gods. It was the nectar of the gods. Well, why aren't they fucking teabagging Johnny Depp in hell right now then? <laughs> I don't know, but. But that's the uh, that's why I asked like because he was associated with chocolate and the very next one was that you got it at the last second you got it. It was a bit more on the. I was making a joke when I said Halloween, but that was more stupid than that. <laughs> also, the Johnny Depp thing for those who don't know because he played Willy Wonka. Yeah, I never did see that version of Willy Wonka. I think I've seen parts of it. I right. never really liked the premise of Willy Wonka generally. Final question. Okay. In what century did chocolate come over to Europe? And bonus point, if you can tell me what major event caused it to be introduced to the Europeans. I mean... Probably when, you know, my kinsmen were ruling most of the fucking planet if I had to guess what? Uh, and they had colonies in Africa and they probably brought it over because it was a luxury and the upper class bankers could eat it You're what, getting... what are you looking for from me? I, I, I ask you what century did it come over to Europe? what oh, century did it come over? um when was... Mm, mm. I don't know much about my history. It's a, it's a real kick in the balls right there. Well, you can just guess. I mean, get, you get a rough idea. See, I want to say 1700s again, but I feel like I'm being stupid. Am I being stupid, Kaiser? Where was the medieval period? Uh, medieval period would have been back in the... 13... Well, it, medieval debatably goes between 900s to, like, 1500s. I'm gonna stick with 1700. No, no. 1800s. Okay, you actually got further away. Fuck. It was. 1600s. It was in the 1500s. Shit. And uh, the the event. Do you want to take a guess at what the Fuck, event we're was? We're efficient when we're capitalizing the globe. <laughs> do you want to guess what the event was? The event. Oh. um... The only event I can imagine is not a nice one, so I'm going to let you tell me. Okay. Uh, it was the Spanish conquest of the Aztecs. Mm, okay. So when the Spanish... When the conquistadors took over, like, uh, Mexico and South America. The Aztecs America. were alive at that time, so good for them. They, yeah, well, I mean, they were a huge, like, empire. They actually had populations similar to France and Germany before disease from the conquistadors wiped out huge portions of civilization. But um, You know why I can... Sorry, go but no, no, just to... I, I was laughing when you were like, when they took over Africa, I'm like, chocolate came from South America. I know. Brazil, well, I guess. Yeah. Um, Mexico, in particular. and Central The reason America. I know so much about the Tenochtitlan and that bollocks is because in Civ Beyond Shite on the PS3, um, every time they fought a battle all of their health would regen on that unit. It was 
fucking broken as Wait, hell, and I loved it. Which unit? Any unit of the Aztecs. Oh, yeah, when yeah. When they fall to battle, at the end of the battle, they would get all their health back. The Aztecs, yeah. And so I learned the fucking name of those cities. The, the, like, the, um, the Aztecs and the Mayans were actually really good civilizations in um, Age of Empires 2 as well. Um, the Aztecs had some pretty brutal infantry units. Uh, you did pretty good. Yeah. Despite, despite your um, qualms about some of my questions, uh, the final score was you with nine and me Iffy. with six. That's got to be a fucking new record. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and I think that you got one bonus point early on and one question just because it was dubious. I didn't give either of us points for. So that's why it ended up that way. So it ended up coming to a total of 15 points, even though there were 15 questions and you did get one bonus point. So congratulations. You've achieved... Cheers. You've achieved Halloween. Alright. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts? What are you doing for Halloween this year? Got any plans? Well, that's the thing. The other day... And by the other day, I mean yesterday. Hmm. Unless you was like, so what are you dressing up with for for Halloween? Mm. Nothing. I'm, I'm not that young. <laughs> wear that suit. I'm dressing exactly. up so as this a... Is, this is my contribution to Halloween. I am dressed up like a dictator. I am the Lord of War. Oh my god. And I'm dressed up as a fucking, I don't know, a yuppie film producer. My eunuch. A eunuch? Uh, do, do eunuchs normally wear turtlenecks? Is that is that like a thing? Are you, you calling do it like a bodyguard? Are you? <laughs> are bodyguards <laughs> usually eunuchs? Bodyguards usually eunuchs. Oh my god! Um, I don't know. Why do you ask one, Kaiser? See how it ends up. Excuse me, sir. Do you still have your penis? On that your license, your weapons, and your penis. <laughs> Ways to get your ass kicked in 30 seconds. Um, But yeah, hopefully you guys had fun with that quiz at home. Um, This, I mean, God, we've been doing these quiz segments for a year now. Um, I think they're they're one of the most fun segments for us to do, so I I imagine we're going to keep going with them. Um, Next one will be you. It'll be near the end of November, which is uh, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. The Canadians already jumped ahead of us and had theirs. Um, yeah, it's weird. They, oh God, I can't keep up with all that shit. Yeah, weird holidays. Anyway, thank you all for watching. This is going to be the end of uh, episode 65 of the TMCJ podcast. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening, and you'll hear us again next week. But what about the other 11? <laughs>